California Frontier Podcast, Episode 4. The California Frontier Podcast is dedicated to helping you explore the Golden State's unique history, culture, and environment. I'm Damian Bassage, and I'm your host. Why did Spanish explorers come to California in the first place? We know that they began exploring the Pacific coast of North America in the early 16th century, and that they were in hopes of finding new civilizations to join their empire. Now, this was a time when powers like Spain, England, France, and the Ottomans competed for control of land and trade in Europe, as well as Near East and Africa. Spain was trying to outflank her rivals in Europe, and it supported explorers and adventurers who could find areas of expansion in the Americas, where empires such as the Aztecs and the Incas had also expanded and conquered neighboring peoples. In Mexico, Hernán Cortés harnessed the resentments of neighboring peoples against the Aztecs, and in 1521, led several hundred Spaniards and thousands of native warriors to topple one of the most powerful empires in the Americas. Now, Spanish experience in central Mexico kindled the hope for finding other wealthy civilizations on the continent. Knowing that Vasco Núñez de Balboa had reached the Pacific Ocean in 1513, Spanish ships were sailing north in search of another Mexico, and they encountered the peninsula of Baja California in 1533. There they anchored in a peaceful bay, which they named La Paz, which means peace, and returned to report about their findings. Reports of huge quantities of pearls off the coast of this new island piqued the interest of Hernán Cortés. In 1535, he launched his own expedition, Cortez's ships anchored off of Baja California, or as it's called today, but a number of sailors died of starvation waiting for resupply. The difficult food situation, combined with the hostility of local natives, forced Cortez to ultimately abandon the expedition. To this day, the Gulf of California, which separates Baja California from the Mexican mainland, is also known as the Sea of Cortez. Now, despite the setback, Cortez ordered another mission to explore the Northern Pacific in 1539. It was a man named Francisco de Ulloa, who headed up the west coast of Mexico and verified that Baja California was a peninsula and not an island. After reaching the tip of Baja, Ulloa fought the contrary currents and winds north along the Pacific coast before deciding to turn back. Despite Ulloa's news, European maps continued to show Baja, or Antigua, California, as it was often called, as an island late into the 1700s. So the difficulty of traveling north along the Pacific coast 
didn't deter Spanish sea captains from exploring further up the coast eventually. In 1542, Juan Rodriguez Cabrillo was the first European to arrive in what is today Alta California, or the state of California in the U.S. today. Cabrillo sailed north into the Bay of Ensenada, Baja California, and later entered what is today the San Diego Bay. By mid-November of that year, he and his crew had sailed as far north as the San Francisco Bay, even reaching um, Point Reyes, which is about an hour north of San Francisco, hour and a half. During his travels along the coast, Cabrillo and his men came across native people numerous times. Cabrillo died during the voyage on the way back as a result of a hostile encounter with some of them. Now, Spanish explorations along the upper California coast continued throughout the 16th century. One of the hopes that spurred this voyage, or these voyages rather, was the dream of finding the Strait of Anyan, a direct sea connection between Europe and Asia, analogous to what is known in English as the Northwest Passage. The establishment of the Manila Galleon trade, which linked the North American and South American continents with the Far East, helped spur the quest to find possible safe harbors along the Pacific coast of North America. News of Spanish discoveries in the Pacific also reached Spain's rivals. Queen Elizabeth I of England, the enemy of King Philip II of Spain, did everything she could to damage Spanish interests. England fomented revolt against Spanish power in the Netherlands and encouraged English privateers to target Spanish ships abroad. One well-known privateer was Sir Francis Drake. In 1577, Drake sailed from Plymouth Harbor in England. He rounded Cape Horn and navigated up the Pacific coast of South America, raiding towns and attacking Spanish ships, until arriving somewhere near the San Francisco Bay in 1579. He claimed the country in the name of England, and today a small bay about 30 miles north of San Francisco is named Drake's Bay in honor of him. Now, although Spain had to guard against English harassment, this harassment never really constituted more than an occasional threat. It was the creation of the British East India Company in 1600, followed shortly after by the Dutch East India Company, that really intensified Spanish interest in finding safe places to land ships along the Pacific coast. In 1602, the Spanish Viceroy, the king's representative in New Spain, gave instructions to Sebastián Vizcaíno, an ambitious trader from Acapulco, to sail up the coast of Upper and Lower California as far as what is today Cape Mendocino in order to discover and note any natural harbors that could be found. Along the way, he encountered and gave new names to many of the locales that Cabrillo had come across 60 years earlier. Biscaino and his party also encountered numerous California Indians during the expedition, though their interactions seem to have been more peaceful than those of Cabrillo decades before. 
On December 16, 1602, Biscaino weighed anchor in a bay which he named Monterrey, now Monterey, after his sponsor, the Count of Monterrey, the Viceroy of New Spain. Biscaino carried out his duty and arrived as far as the Cape Mendocino before turning back. Biscaino's glowing reports about the quality of this northern bay impressed the Count. But Monterrey was soon replaced by another viceroy who had different priorities. Spanish officials found other ways of protecting and resupplying the Manila galleons that followed the Pacific Currents south to Mexico, while the difficulty of fighting those same currents kept them from spending resources traveling north to Upper or to New California. This situation would last for another 160 years until completion, excuse me, until competition from Spain's rivals changed the scenario. It took another century or so for the Spanish to really deploy their interests again toward the California coast or the Alta California coast. In 1725, Russian Tsar Peter I also known as Peter the Great, ordered an expedition to sail along the coast of Siberia in hopes of finding a land connection with North America. He chose a man named Vitus Bering, a mariner of Danish descent, to lead the expedition. Bering sailed along the Siberian coast, entering the strait that bears his name in 1728. Bering concluded that there was no land connection with North America as the Russian king had hoped. Later, Bering led a second expedition that sailed as far south as today's Astoria, Oregon. This was in 1741. They made landfall on what is most likely the southern end of the Alaska Peninsula and brought back a large number of fox, seal, and otter skins. Excited by the news, Russian fur hunters began to travel down the coast of Alaska in search of valuable pelts. And by 1803, they had explored as far south as California. A permanent Russian settlement was established at Fort Ross on the Sonoma coast in 1812. The Russians weren't the only power challenging Spain for dominance in the Pacific. After the Seven Years' War, which lasted between 1754 and 1763 and involved all of the major European powers of the time, Britain emerged as the preeminent geopolitical force. As part of the peace settlement, Spain agreed to cede Florida to the British, who had also captured a large portion of Canada from the French. With the possession of such a big chunk of North America, the British focused greater attention on the Pacific, both in terms of sea exploration and in search of the Northwest Passage. In 1778, Captain James Cook, the intrepid explorer who had sailed throughout the South Pacific 10 years earlier, arrived on what is today the Oregon coast. Prior to his arrival, he had become the first European to make formal contact with the Hawaiian Islands, or the Sandwich Islands as they were known at the time. Cook's hope was to reconnoiter Spanish defenses along the Pacific and find a way to sail east to the Atlantic. From Oregon, Cook headed north and eventually mapped the coast all the way to Alaska, 
paving the way for British occupation of the Pacific Northwest coast. Cook's adventures were cut short when he was killed by by Hawaiian natives in 1779. Now, in Spain, at the beginning of the 1700s, a new royal family was on the throne, the Bourbons. Originally from France, the Bourbon kings soon began to bring a new vision to managing the empire and facing competition from their rivals. One of the most earth-shaking Bourbon reforms was the decision to expel the Jesuits from all Spanish territories. The Jesuits, a Roman Catholic religious order with priests and brothers spread all over the world, had been enthusiastic and successful missionaries. They were also very independent-minded and clashed with some of the Bourbon policies. For the King of Spain, this meant the Jesuits had to go. And in fact, the whole story of the Jesuit expulsion, both in Latin America and in Europe, is a fascinating one which deserves its own episode. In 1767, Jose de Galvez, a young lawyer from southern Spain, was appointed Inspector General of New Spain. And remember, New Spain is what would be considered um, the territories of Mexico and the U.S. Southwest today. As part of his duties, Galvez ordered the Jesuit expulsion, and with the help of the governor of Baja California, Gaspar de Portola, within a short time, the Jesuits had been forced to leave the peninsula. Portola placed their mission outposts under the control of the Franciscan Order, who'd also been present in the Americas since the early 1500s. In fact, the Franciscans were the first to come uh, to the Americas, or excuse me, to um, New New Spain uh, not long after Cortes arrived. Uh, Portola also undertook a series of other projects to strengthen the Spanish position in the areas under his charge, including plans to settle Alta California. Russian interest that we talked about in the Pacific had caused alarm in Spain, and thanks in part to a book titled Moscovites in California, published in 1759, the Spanish were eager to try and do something to keep the Russians out. In 1767, King Carlos III gave instructions to the Viceroy to investigate Russian activities along the northern Pacific coast, thereby validating Galvez's plans. As part of an overall plan to strengthen Spanish control of northern New Spain, including Baja California and Sonora, Galvez's idea was to launch a two-pronged land and sea expedition north from Lower California, or Baja California. The expedition was approved in 1768, and in January of 1769, the first ship, the San Carlos, set sail from Loreto, followed by the second ship, the San Antonio, in February. Galvez placed the trusted Portola in command of the expedition, with Father Junipero Serra in charge of of the religious delegation. The first detachment of the land expedition departed at the end of March and reached San Diego almost two months later. 
The second group began its own voyage on May 5th, reaching San Diego on July 1st, 1769. Portola and a small group of soldiers, accompanied by two other Franciscan friars, Fathers Crespi and Gomez, proceeded north by land with orders to find the port that Biscaino had, had praised 165 years earlier. Galvez hoped to establish both a military and civilian presence in Alta California. His goal was to deter the Russians and British from staking their own claims in the area. While he intended to establish forts, or presidios in Spanish, along the coast, Galvez knew that there would never be enough Spanish troops for a real defense. He therefore put his hopes in the time-honored Spanish practice of creating militias made up of Indian allies. In order to do so, he hoped to attract local Native Americans to Christianity by founding missions overseen by the Franciscans. Spanish officials hoped that in adopting Christianity, Native peoples would be more prone to adopt a Hispanic lifestyle and see themselves as partners in the competition against Spain's rivals. By November, the expeditions had not only reached Monterey, but but had gone as far north as the San Francisco Bay. Just months after their return to San Diego, Portola would lead another trek to Monterey, while a parallel group, including Father Serra, would arrive by sea. In June of 1770, the first Presidio and Mission were established at Monterey. Even though they were successful in establishing a base of operations in Monterey and locating the San Francisco Bay, which Biscaino had not seen before, the goal of Spanish officials was to eventually bring settlers and livestock into the area. Rumors of an English voyage to the North Pole and continued Russian activities in the Pacific Northwest urged Spanish officials to look for a reliable way to connect their outposts in northern Mexico to Upper California. Nevertheless, the path that Portola's expeditions had taken were too hazardous for a large group of civilians, and the other possible routes were also considered dangerous because of the mountainous and desert terrain and the instability of relations with local indigenous peoples. The man eventually entrusted with the task of finding a safe passage was Juan Bautista de Anza, a veteran frontier commander whose ancestors came from the Basque region of northern Spain. In early 1774, Anza set out with 34 men from Tubac, at the time the northernmost part of Sonora, and now on the southern edge of Arizona. Thanks to help from Yuma and Cochimí Indians along the way, Ansa and his men were able to navigate the inhospitable and dry areas between Arizona and California. They arrived at Mission San Gabriel outside present-day Los Angeles in March of that year. In May, Ansa reached Monterey before returning home to Tubac a round trip of almost 2,000 miles in five months. Anza's remarkable success secured approval for a new expedition, this time with a group of over 240 men, women, and children, along with hundreds of heads of livestock. The colonists 
were to be recruited from the poorer regions of northern Mexico with the aim of establishing civilian settlements in Upper California. The group left Tubac in October of 1775 and reached Monterey in March of 1776. Anza continued on to explore the San Francisco Bay region, selecting a site for a presidio and a mission, and successfully establishing a Spanish presence in Upper California. In 1777, Jose Joaquin Moraga, Anza's second in command, led a group of these same settlers to a site between Monterey and San Francisco in order to found the first civilian town in Upper California, El Pueblo de San Jose de Guadalupe, known today as the City of San Jose. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the California Frontier Podcast. If you liked what you heard, consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the California Frontier Project website at www.californiafrontier.net. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, make sure and drop me a line at damian at californiafrontier.net.